You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Paula Wilson. Paula, thanks so much for being with me today. Ah, it's a pleasure to be with you. Paula, we're talking about your show at Denny Dimon Gallery, which is up now called uh, Imago, um, running through the end of the, the month. Um, so let's begin with a title. Um, it's a really cool show, really unusual show. Tell me a little bit about the, the title or, or concept of the show. So Imago really has a long list of, of meanings and associations for me. I mean, first off, it's Latin for the word image. So also the idea of copying or artistic representations. And I think that the show plays around a lot with that convention. I mean, there's a mirror in the show. And then in addition, there's sort of these pieces that are adhered directly to the wall. So they are paintings, but they sort of are almost self-aware and sort of undulate with their imageness, if you will. And then uh, imago primarily is a term associated in biology for the adult stage of an insect's metamorphosis. So in Lepidoptera, which are moths and butterflies, it's the, it's the stage when they are fully winged. So it's the stage when we kind of identify them as their namesake, like they become the creatures that we know them for, which is also why I think that term is used um, because it's sort of the image of, of the insect. And then it has, uh, it's used as a term in psychology and has from multiple schools of thought for a kind of form of relationship therapy or as a way to almost find a way out of your unconscious conditioning from childhood or from previous relationships and the awareness that might come from therapy to break free from the confines of this patterning. And in the show, there's lots of collaborative work with my partner, Mike Lagg, who's a, who's a woodworker. And then the last thing I'll say about Imago is that it's um, a book by Octavia Butler that's the final stage of the Lilith Brood series. And as I'm sure you know, she deals with themes continually around post-apocalyptic themes, shape-shifting, um, breaking down hierarchies, and that is true in this, in this series as well. I'm, I'm glad I asked that question. It's so interesting, and it, it takes us in so many different directions. Um, so, so let's look at, at some of the works in the show. The, the micro house was, you know, really fascinating. And you're saying this was also um, built with your, your partner's help, uh, who is a woodworker. That's right. So, so tell me a little bit about this. There's something about um, little buildings like this, and, and, and this one um, was similar in that I it feels like a world that you can walk into. It feels as though you are walking into it. And, and I suppose that relates to what you were just saying, but, uh, you know, these houses or miniature models, sometimes, not always, um, yeah, almost kind of 
miniaturizes the viewer, right? We, we kind of walk through mm-hmm. there, or it's a very different visual experience. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that, the way you said that about miniaturizing the viewer. Because um, I think, I, I'm often thinking about what kind of perspective we could have that would be potentially emulating insects, but also just this ability for, for art to to shift our sense of scale, our, our sense of how we, how we inhabit our own bodies. And when, you're, when you talk about that, it, it, I want to you know, paint a picture for, for your viewers that when you walk into the gallery and you see the micro house, which is kind of to the left as you're walking in, you're also greeted by this 14-foot figurative work. And so there's this very clear undulation between scale between something being miniaturized and small and yet also being larger than life and monumental. And I also appreciate what you said about it being like a world that you walk into, that the experience of looking can, can make you feel as if you're inhabiting something. I mean, that's just such a powerful thing that art can do that, um, that, that I appreciate the way, the way you said that. Yeah, there's something about the involvement in it. So, so, so let's talk about the different scales. As, as you're saying, right, there's, uh, there's a number of things happening in the show. You're, um, initially, there's, there's something that's much, much larger, and, and there's a, a whole bunch of things going on in there. Um, one thing I, I, I liked about looking at some images afterwards is in the, the little house that we're talking about the micro house um, in the photographs of it that I saw afterwards before the interview, you know, I can look at it even deeper, right? This is mm-hmm. look inside the house more, whereas it's a little uh, weary, leery to get that close to it in there. But what seems remarkable too, is all this work that's not seen right inside that little, the little building um, that we're talking about, there's much more than the viewer can even see, right? What, what's on the shelves back there? What's, what's above the certain tables? Um, what's on the tables? What's, what's broken? That's really fascinating. Um, so I'm kind of curious why go to, to that length where we're now beyond what the viewer can almost see, right? Not just on a micro level, but um, in terms of how we look into this, how, which window we look through. Mm. Wow. Um, I mean, one thing that I, I think about is that I perpetually in my work of trying to sort of reward good viewership so that if, if, you, do, if you do take the time that there's, some, that there's always something more to see and that that unfolding over time is something that I, I strive to do in my work. And then I think that another thing that it brings up to me is that in 15 years ago, um, I moved to Carrizozo, New Mexico from Bushwick, Brooklyn. So this, this locale, it's a town of about uh, 900 people in uh, south central New Mexico. It's like an old railroad town. And Mike and I here have, have done a lot of world building and feel in many ways like our art that this is the place where our art really resides. So the act of taking our art and 
moving it into the gallery space is something that feels a little bit foreign and, and disruptive. And so this, I, one of the reasons we included this piece in the show was to, to start to give a little bit of a window into our world here. And when you talk about these things being sort of unseen or that there's even more there than you can take in is something that feels relatable to that, right? Like we yeah. are having you, yeah, through that work, you sort of have entree into the unseen things in our world here. It's so interesting. Um, I'm so glad we're, we're talking about it and moving in this direction because that sounds like it's, it specifically relates to your move, which, which I imagine other things in this, in this show do too. You're, you're, you're looking at the world, it sounds like, in a different way or the way you have looked at the world has, has changed somehow by the move itself. Is, is that correct? Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, and just spending time in the city recently, and now I'm, I'm talking to you from Carrizozo, so I'm so grateful for those kind of moments when I can return here and even re-see um, the changes, you know, have, have that kind of distance that allows you to, to look with fresh eyes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so, and to talk about a few other works, the the one you you began touch, touching on was the one Earth Angel, right? That that was the the piece when you come in. That was the piece you were talking about earlier, or or, or no? Tell me, yeah. So let's talk yeah, a little bit yeah. about that because that's a um, also a number of things going on there, right? This is a painting, but it's also um, a piece of printmaking as well with silk screen and and lithography, right? Right. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a quintessential mixed media artist. I don't, I don't really like that term, but it's sort of almost uh, the best the best means. I mean, I even we didn't even mention that the microhouse has a video insert to it, so it's almost like a container um, in container for a video. So I work across so many different mediums, um, but fell in love with art making through printmaking, and so this figure, Earth Angel, has a lot of relief processes and the figure is both is, is both kind of lifting up off the ground and their arms are outreached and it looks as if it's a, a moth to me, the the uh, patterning on on the garb. And then there's what I see as a compost pile um, below the figure, below the, the pelvis area. So it's almost as if the figure is both grounded and released or rising above the earth. I love that, yeah. And, and also somehow um, looking over the whole show, it seems, right? This is, um, you know, plays a central role in this, in this show, it seems. The, um, the theme... What did you say? The themes or the yeah, it, the yeah, yeah. The, it seems that it plays a central role in this show in, in terms of like what you just said in um, uh, in, in the theme of the show. Yeah, Imago. That's the, also the the title of that piece, isn't it? Uh, no? Well, the title's Earth Angel, but um, Earth Angel, right? Yeah, yeah I, I no, it definitely feels like so much pivots pivots around this piece and. I mean, I've, I've been working in that fashion of, of creating these monumental figures 
for a while now, um, and this one uh, was made specifically for this space. Um, so the figure's arms stretch the entire length of the gallery, and you actually traverse under part of the arms to go into the middle room of the gallery. And so there's this almost portal-like quality um, in that way that it's, it's kind of framing your bodily experience in the space. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that was, um, that was my feeling there. So to talk about another one, it also involves um, a lot of printmaking um, and also on canvas, Up My Sleeve, which is from 2021. Um, beautiful image I found uh, in, in so many ways, but, but let's talk about this because this also seems to have a kind of narrative in it. There's a lot of different elements and, and, a, and, and all this beautiful wood grain that, uh, that is from woodblock printing, I imagine. Um, right. But tell me a little bit about this, because it's also kind of mysterious. Of my sleeve, that sounds like a magic trick <laughs> for me. Mm. Yes, yes. So this is a, a canvas with an arm um, that is the same with a hand, and within what you would conceive of as uh, the, the sleeve, there's a whole kind of plethora of information and a, again, a kind of world building that happens within within this garment. And I make my own clothes. I print and sew my own clothes. So that, that also feels relatable here. And the hand in this piece up my sleeve is the same hand that gets woodblock printed in Earth Angel. And it's a, a, a hand that I've used multiple times in different iterations. And that's one of the things I love about printmaking is that you can create this multiple that can find itself in two different pieces that might have extremely different, different meaning and association. And so the, 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 the hand and then the, you're talking about the, the wood grain um, below the hand or in back of the hand. And that's another, like you correctly said, is a wood block print. And that's another print that's sort of iterated repeatedly throughout the show. It, it kind of reoccurs in, in a lot of the pieces in different, in different iterations. And in the, the garment material depicted is, is a cell phone of another hand with a, a cell phone in it with an image on the cell phone. So there's this kind of repeated, uh, again, this sort of shape shifting that happens the more you look. Well, in worlds within worlds, too, it seems, as well, that, that struck me. That Absolutely, The way you're talking yeah. about the phone now, right? These kind of spaces within spaces, uh, which is so interesting. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. Uh, I, yeah, I, it I feels love that closer. Hmm, thank no, you. It, it, it feels um, closer to what? I was going to say it feels closer to what it's, what our lived experience is, these worlds within worlds. I mean, we're talking on the phone in two different locations, and yet we're connected. You know, I'm thinking about a different location as we talk, or even the distracted, potential dangerous aspects of the phone and technology and how it can kind of take us out of our, out of our world. You know, to me, that's what's so exciting about art is that it can start to create all these things that you're like, how does this these things don't belong together, and yet we, we piece them together, and we 
somehow magically with our eyes and our minds make sense of an image that can have so much diversity in it. Let's talk about another part of the show. There was a video that was also shown in a, in a dark room that had a butterfly and, and, and woodworking in there and this beautiful, <laughs> that seems so important to the show. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, that video is titled Life Spiral, and it's about four and a half minutes that is on a perpetual loop, which is another thing that I appreciate about showing film within gallery or museum settings is that you can really flex that, the looping potential. And it tells the story of a metamorphosis of of a winged insect, a butterfly in this case. And so it begins with air quotes as, it's, as it cycles around. With the egg stage, uh, my partner Mike and I are emerging from this mud kind of uh, cave and then transitions to the caterpillar stage where I'm in this bright green printed caterpillar suit and feeding some pigeons and uh, and I chose that in part because caterpillars are the voracious eaters. And then goes into the chrysalis stage where I'm in this kind of cocoon that's built. It's almost like a painting. And I'm um, suspended from this cutout ceiling, this room with a cutout ceiling in, in our studio spaces here. And I break break free from the cocoon and then reach the Imago stage uh, and meet Mike, my lover, and we have a, a, a rainbowed lovemaking session on a, on a log, and then um, it transitions lastly to the Morte stage, which has a, a few, um, has a Roomba that's also a skeleton that is kind of uh, sopping up dead moss. And I shot all of this uh, video uh, on location here in, in Carrizozo, and that was a, a shift for me. Instead of sort of working with cinematographers uh, and you know kind of having a, a limited window to film, I, I bought a camera and would just film more almost like a diary. And there were some incredible creatures that came into our world, like an owl. Black Widow, a big beetle, and those are featured in the video as well. So there's this um, very, I feel, very naturalistic um, support, or, or, or um, I can't quite find the word, like looking towards and and enjoying and being a part of this this natural environment in the desert. I really love that. I, I, I love the video. I, I really enjoy that, and I'm, I'm glad you went through it like that. It's, it's uh, otherwise it's kind of hard to talk about a video without describing a little bit about what's happening. So this is obviously about so much that's also happening in the show about your relationship, Imago, as well. Um, this also feels. I mean, it was just like my read of it, but you know, we're all out of the or coming out of the pandemic now, which seems like another stage. Um, do you think this work was influenced by that too? I mean, the, the last few years have been um, kind of this sort of incubation stage, or I don't know what to call it really, but um, 
But something different yeah. is happening now, right? I mean, I, I'm going around to galleries now. Suddenly I'm, I'm looking at original work everywhere, and, and I love that. It seems like a whole new experience because I haven't been in galleries in a while, and, um, and, it, and it feels like a rebirth of some kind. Uh, but I don't want to read too much into it or, or go too far if, mm. that's, if that's not what's happening. No, I appreciate that. I, I, it's not something I was aware of per se, but I think that that's completely right. And I'm having a similar experience of, you know, going to look at art or, and just being just, well, my first experience was really like in a teaching environment. And I was like, oh my God, I love everything. <laughs> like this art is just so amazing because having that firsthand experience, I mean, living in Carrizozo, I don't get to look at art that often. So I think I was even more jaded to, to think that it's okay to look at art virtually or something. Um, and I think that there's just so many, if we don't take away some lessons from the pandemic, like then, then there's really no, no hope for our, our way forward. Um, and I do, I do, I do appreciate that that read. I want to ask you one more question, a little off topic. Uh, what are you reading at the moment? Um, I'm reading Edwidg Dantecott's uh, Inside Everything. So she um, is a Haitian American writer, and I'm having a show in in Miami coming up that the gallery is located in Little Haiti, so it seemed like a, a, good, a good place to be, and it's just a, it's a book of stories, um, and they're, they're be- I love her writing. Um, they're really beautiful. I feel like they're all about love in some ways, um, but also about family and the immigrant experience. Um, so yeah, it's a book I would, I would recommend. I um, yeah, that's what, that's what's on my book stand. I was wondering if before we end, if I could ask you, when you said you went into the show and it felt different to you, could you say what that, what you meant by that? Sure. It felt like, um, like an experience, you know, that, that was walking me through something. If I felt like, um, you know, I'm not always looking for a narrative or something, but I felt like there was a story here. I felt that there was like symbols. I, I, some I understood and some I didn't, but I felt as though I was, you know, which, which the kind of miniature house drove home even more that, that, that I was sort of entering not quite a sacred space, but almost the feeling like that. Like you think, Oh my gosh, like, what am I, what am I entering into now? A little bit of a, it sort of quieted me down a little bit. Uh, something, Something like that feeling of entering a sort of a, a holy space or something, which, which art can often be, but in this case, it felt like something's happening here, something perhaps ritualistic, I don't know, but something intimate and that felt, um, yeah, that, that, that felt embracing and that felt like uh, it was, was immersive in a way that was, that was very special. I felt, felt like I should pay close attention. Wow, I really appreciate that. Wow. Um, yeah, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks so much, Paul. I want to thank you for this show, and, and thanks so much for talking with me today. Thank you. 
You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.